Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stone, Believe Podcast Network for Professional, available anywhere you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, also Believe.com as well. This week's episode, we'll get into the uh, the best bets for the ACC in terms of football this uh, this weekend. Six games to uh, to talk about on the docket for uh, for this weekend for the ACC, three of them involving tobacco road schools. And then also we'll get uh, we'll start off with our impressions from the uh, tobacco road teams early on on the hardwood. Uh, we'll start with uh, with UNC. They've gotten off to a I would consider it a really good start, three and one. They obviously lost in the uh, the Maui Invitational Championship game on uh, on Wednesday, uh, but to a very experienced Texas team. Uh, Matt Coleman, the guy that uh, kind of led Texas in that game, I believe a senior been playing for over Texas for a long time. Texas just had has more experience, particularly in the backcourt, than uh, than UNC. And there were also just a number of different statistical categories in that matchup where if UNC just performs slightly better, they win the game. Uh, you know, Caleb Love and RJ Davis both really struggled from the field. I think Davis was three of eleven and Love was uh, was two of thirteen. So if one of those guys shoots it a, a little bit better. They win the game. Uh, also, you know, UNC was just one of nine from three-point range. That's the that's one of their real trouble spots this season. Is they need to develop some shooting from the uh, some more consistent shooting from the uh, from the outside. Whether that's you know Love or Davis improving or Playtech, uh, you know, being more consistent for them. However, they you know, figure that out. That's obviously a trouble area for uh, for UNC. Uh, so one of nine there. If you make if you make just one more. Uh, shoot two of nine, you win the game by one point. Uh, also, and there, there, there's four areas really. Turnovers have been a problem. Also, 14 turnovers, just six assists. So obviously they have to take better care of the ball, but that's a hallmark of of a young team. So not a huge surprise for uh, for UNC. And then they were just 18 of 32 at the foul line. So if you just shoot a little bit better at the foul line or shoot a decent percentage at the foul line, you win this game by not, you're not just win it, but you probably win it by five or six points. So that those, you know, obviously a number of areas that UNC could have performed better in, in that game. And they win the contest. The one good, the, one of the really good things though I will say about UNC is I feel like this team for a young team in particular, especially at the guard spot, they know who they are. They know they are a big dependent team. Uh, you know, some of their best offense is a missed shot because that's how, how big they are and how good of a rebounding team they've been this season. They out-rebounded Texas 50-32. to 32. They, They're really good inside. Uh, there, there's a ton of depth there with Brooks, Baycott, Sharp, Kessler. They're, they're really good on the interior. The trouble spot and the concern, and if UNC is going to be an elite team this season, what they're obviously going to have to do is improve the guard play. And that, that'll come with time because it's a young team, you know, two freshmen in the backcourt and Love and, uh, and R.J. Davis. But they have to take better care of the ball, and they need to shoot it a little bit better from the perimeter. And they, they've got some you know, tough matchups coming up where they're, they're going to have some chances to improve even more before conference play. And I think that, that's really good for this uh, young UNC team. They'll play Iowa and Ohio State before they get into uh, the conference play. So two more big tests for, uh, for UNC 
before ACC play gets underway. But I think uh, early on, if you're a UNC fan, you have to be really pleased with what you've seen so far from this young squad. Uh, Duke, on the other hand, still figuring out who they are. And that's fair because they're only two games in. The schedule's been rocked a little bit. Uh, Also, I think, you know, playing in Cameron Indoor without fans is just a completely different experience for Duke. Uh, It's something that you really can't uh, can't measure uh, in terms of uh, in terms of, you know, how what kind of impact it exactly has but <laughs> playing a Cameron Indoor with fans is a is the top home court advantage in college sports I think so I think that's that's a big difference for uh, for Duke I think we saw that against uh, against Michigan State uh, also Michigan State kind of the same thing for UNC Texas the more experienced team won uh, and the more experienced team in my opinion should have been expected to win particularly this early in the season, in a season where you haven't had scrimmages, you haven't had the closed-door scrimmages that we always somehow hear about, and you haven't had, uh, you haven't had as many games early on in, the, uh, on in the year, and obviously the practice schedules have been affected as, uh, as well. Uh, Duke, I think one thing they, they really might not have this season that their really good teams have had in the past they don't necessarily have somebody they can dump it down to on the block that they can go get a get them a bucket. Uh, maybe Jalen Johnson or Matthew Hurt develops that as the season goes along, but they don't appear to have that yet. And I think both those guys have been studs so far, uh, Hurt and uh, and Johnson. Same questions though for for Duke as well is you know young guard play. How 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 do these young guards? How do Jeremy Roach and DJ Stewart, and Stewart's been really good so far, but how do those two continue to progress throughout the season? Uh, and I think defensively for Duke, it'll be interesting to see what approach Coach K takes with this, uh, this team because I don't know if they have the nat- natural athletic ability for all those guys to switch everything in man-to-man. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, do they play more zone uh, particularly since they kind of seem to lack a, a true big as well, or at least a true big that they feel like they can depend on. We've seen a lot of uh, Jalen Johnson and Matthew Hurt at the center spot uh, so far this uh, this season. So is that something that develops as the season goes on? Do one of their younger bigs start to get more minutes once they get more comfortable with him, or are they going to go with this uh, kind of a not necessarily a five-wing lineup, but a two-forward lineup without a uh, without a center. I think that those are going to be some interesting things to uh, to watch this uh, this season for the Blue Devils in terms of of how they develop and you know what kind of success uh, Duke ends up uh, having this uh, this season. Uh, for NC State, I think they're off to a a, a good start, two and zero. Can't really ask for uh, for much more. I think we'll know a lot more after they play UConn on Saturday. Uh, but I will say, uh, you know, in terms of what we've seen from this team so far, I think one of the best early signs is Devon Daniels has absolutely lived up to the expectations of him so far. You know, he's taken over as their leading scorer. He's shooting it over 50% from the field at, from both the field and three-point range. So he's been really efficient in terms of his scoring. He's also been the team's leading rebounder, which I think that probably should change <laughs> as the season goes along and we get into to more games against tougher opponents. You would expect uh, Manny Bates or you know Helms or even uh, Thunderburk to develop into uh, into that spot. 
in terms of the uh, the leading rebounder. Uh, but I think you know he he has done very well in terms of, of carrying the the load so far for this team offensively so far this uh, this season. Uh, I think uh, you know Jericho Jericho Hillams has been a nice uh, has played pretty well so far this season. I think they have to be pretty pleased with uh, with that development early in the uh, in the year. And I, I like I said, I, I thought this NC State team was underrated coming into the season because of how how much they bring back. Uh, you know, Manny Bates has played limited minutes, just twenty a game, but seven points, five and a half rebounds, three and a half blocks per game. Can't ask a ton more from from a big guy in uh, in twenty minutes. And then also, you know, the freshman Cam Hayes is averaging five assists per game and eight and a half points per game in eight and a half minutes so far this season. Now, he hasn't shot at that well from three-point range, just 20%, but uh, that, that's certainly you know a start, that, and, and also two and a half steals per game, so certainly a start that you can, you can definitely live with, and, and this NC State team is also shooting it extremely well from three-point range so far this season as a team, shooting it at uh, 46%. Now, that won't continue throughout the year, but great start to the season. Braxton Beverly's at 71%. Devon Daniels just a shade under 56%, Thomas Allen at uh, at 60%. So, they've been really good in terms of shooting the ball from three-point range so far this season. I, I do think if they're going to compete with the UNC like a UNC who is so good on the boards, I think NC State has to make a more collective effort on the boards as a team. Like DJ Funderburk has to average more than 3 rebounds per game. Uh, I think, and Jericho Hellams has to average more than two and a half rebounds per game. And I think you could even say you need more from Manny Bates on the boards as well. So I think that's that's an area that could use some improvement. But they've also they've done a really good job taking care of the ball. Just nine and a half turnovers per game so far this season, as opposed to 17 and a half assists per game. You, if you're looking at that number and your coach Keats, you are absolutely thrilled with that so far this uh, this season for NC State. But again, we'll learn a lot more as they take on UConn on uh, on Saturday and I think that'll be a uh, a terrific ball game for uh, for NC State to uh, to learn a lot about what they've got on this uh, this team this season. Uh Wake Forest they're 2 and 0. Uh that's you can't say a ton more than that because they played, you know, Longwood and Delaware State. So they haven't haven't exactly had a haven't exactly played anybody yet, and they really won't play anybody until they get into conference play because they're not in the uh, they're not in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. So I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a little bit before we know anything about Wake Forest, but we'll learn quickly about them in conference play as they take on Virginia in their uh, their opener, which is not gonna be <laughs> necessarily be uh, a fun opener. But if you're just looking at what the numbers so far this season, Jonah Antonio, I think, has been a good surprise for them. 13 points per game, shooting at 57% from three-point range in just 18 and a half minutes. Ian DeBose has played really well. Uh, 11 points, four and a half rebounds, four and a half assists. Can't really ask for, for much more than that. Uh, you know, they've got four players averaging double figures, six averaging nine or more. So they really have spread the wealth around uh, pretty well so far this season. They're averaging, they're scoring a lot, but again, the opponents have to be taken into account on that. That the 15 steals per game uh, is is an impressive number. So they they're active defensively, 
so far this uh, this season, but it, it's just hard to evaluate them so far. They do appear to be, like we talked about in the, the season preview, the big thing is going to be how do they respond to Coach Forbes uh, and how does that culture start to build. They do appear early on at least to be playing hard. Uh, you know, that, that, that Longwood game where they struggled mightily, and they ended up winning that game by 11 points. So I think they showed a good amount of toughness and perseverance to be able to ride out a tough game and win that game like that. Uh, does that level of hard play continue in the ACC play and throughout the season? That'll really kind of be the, the tale of how this Wake Forest team is, uh, is developing and you know, believing in the culture under Coach Forbes as the season goes along. I think that's, that's really the most important thing for, uh, for Wake Forest this, uh, this season is just uh, believing in the culture and uh, in development. Uh, for them this season. I think those are the big keys in terms of just laying the foundation for hopefully a successful program under Coach Forbes. Switching gears over to ACC football, six games on the docket this weekend to touch on in terms of best bets. UNC is a 49.5 point favorite (laughs) against Western Carolina. Uh, Western Carolina gave up 58 to Liberty. UNC is coming off a loss where they only scored 17 points. I expect the offense to be firing on all cylinders, and I expect them to put up a ton of points. Uh, I don't know what the first. I, I don't know if the first half line is available on this game. You may not even be able to bet this game in some places because it's it just Western Carolina is such a woeful opponent that it's hard to even register and measure a uh, a true line on this uh, this matchup. If you can find it somewhere, I, I would advise taking the 49.5 and whatever the first half line is, I would say uh, say take that as well. I think UNC's defense showed a good amount of improvement last week uh, as they played pretty well and pretty competitive against, uh, against Notre Dame, and I think uh, that's a good sign for UNC as they move forward, uh, not just the rest of this season, but into the offseason and into next season as well. Georgia Tech on the road at NC State. The Wolfpack, a seven-point favorite. NC State, you know, coming off the game against Syracuse, where they were, uh, I believe, a 15-point favorite in that matchup, and you know, really struggled in that game. Trailed for a lot of it, uh, but that was the type of game where, in the past, NC State would have found a way to lose to a lesser opponent. To their credit, this team found a way to win in what has continued to be an impressive season under head coach Dave Doran, despite injuries to quarterback. Uh, you know, a number of other issues they've had to deal with as well. I think that's, that's a tribute to how good this NC State team has been. Seven points against Georgia Tech. I know Georgia Tech's riding a high coming off 56 points against Duke, but uh, NC State's just a lot better than Duke. And I think the Wolfpack end up winning this game by 10 to 14 points. So I like the Wolfpack minus seven in this matchup. Miami on the road at Duke. Uh, the Blue Devils just gave up 56 points to Georgia Tech. So... <laughs> <laughs> Derek King and company uh, come into Durham. Miami's actually a 14 and a half point favorite in this matchup. It wouldn't surprise me if it's close at halftime because Miami, we haven't seen them much lately because of cancellations and COVID. Uh, but I, I think at some point Miami's athleticism wears Duke down and they run away. So I, I like Miami to win this game by at least 17 points, if not more. I think they win in convincing fashion. And I, I think another thing to keep the, the defensive front for Miami as good as they are, 
I think they'll cause a turnover at some point in this game, and it wouldn't shock me if the Canes score a defensive touchdown in this game as well. So I like Miami minus the 14.5 in that spot. Uh, Syracuse on the road at Notre Dame. The Irish are a 33.5 point favorite in this matchup. That's a big number uh, because of the style of play for Notre Dame. If they played a more up-tempo style, I, I, I think Notre Dame wins this game in blowout fashion. The line I like here is Notre Dame for the first half. Minus 20 and a half, because I do think they'll get up big. I think it will I think it very well could be 21 to 24 to nothing at halftime, or 28 to 7 at halftime, something like that. So I think, I think they'll get up big early, but it wouldn't surprise me if Syracuse kind of maybe scores a touchdown or two in the second half to stay under that 33 and a half. But I, I, the line I'm advising is to take that minus 20 and a half on the first half for, uh, for Notre Dame. Boston College on the road at Virginia. The Eagles are a six. They were a six and a half point dog. It's been bet down to four now. I think UVA wins the game because of the quarterback concerns at Boston College as far as injuries. And it's a shame because I think this would have been a terrific matchup and a terrific game if those injuries weren't a thing. And I still think it is going to be a good game for the record. I think it would have been a little bit more compelling and it wouldn't have been maybe a slight bit tainted. Uh, but if you can get Boston College at, at plus six and a half to plus seven, then I would advise taking them. Uh, at four, though, I'd probably take Virginia. Uh, I do. It wouldn't shock me if Virginia, and it wouldn't shock me if that line keeps coming down. So you may wait until Saturday if you are going to bet it to bet it. But I, I will say I do think Virginia wins the uh, wins the matchup. Clemson on the road at Virginia Tech. Uh, the Tigers coming off a. Of, <laughs> Uh, with their first game back with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, not a shock that they put up a huge number last week. They're a 22-point favorite at Virginia Tech. And I, I see no reason to not take I see no reason to not take Clemson. Because Virginia Tech has just been woeful this season. And it almost appears, you never want to accuse kids of quitting, but it almost feels like they're done with Fuente. They're all, they're done with, uh, with listening to him and done with listening to the coaching. Um... So I feel like this Tech team is kind of out on Fuente, and they just want to get him out of there. So I think Clemson wins this one in blowout fashion. I think they easily cover that 22. Also, the first half line is only minus 11.5. I would jump on both of those. I think, like I said, I think Clemson's up will be up big at halftime. I think it'll be a blowout in, in terms of – I know it's in Blacksburg, but there's no fans really. And this, this Virginia Tech team over the last month has just, uh, you know, just shown – a ton of regression and just really hasn't been that competitive or really shown many positive signs uh in terms of uh in in terms of you know being competitive especially with a team as uh, as good as uh, as Clemson it's almost like the books aren't uh aren't reacting to what Tech has done so far this season or they're just giving Lane Stadium uh, a ton of respect and home field advantage which I would understand if fans were uh, were going to be in attendance they're not, though, so I think Clemson's going to win uh, really big in uh, in this matchup. So I like them minus 22 and minus 11.5 for the first half. So those are the best bets for the uh, for the ACC this weekend. Also wanted to give a shout-out and kudos to Coastal Carolina and BYU. Uh, the Coastal and Liberty game was announced, was postponed on Thursday because Liberty had positive tests. Coastal and BYU reacted immediately and scheduled each other for this Saturday. I think they deserve a ton of credit for that. Those two teams need to play each other 
to garner some respect from the college football playoff committee. I think it's you know kind of been criminal, especially how low they've rated BYU so far. Uh, so credit to both those teams for making that game happen. I think it's going to be a really fun, interesting game. Ultimately, I think BYU will win the game, and maybe they'll get some love, finally get some love from the playoff committee if they're able to uh, to win that game. Uh, again, you can get the you can get uh, believe in Tobacco Road. Uh, believe.com you can get it uh, apple spotify anywhere that you get podcasts also follow me on twitter at ryan stone sports thank you for listening thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube